This is Unfiltered, episode 136 for March 11th, 2015. In Washington, it used to be said that politics stops at the water's edge. But today, in a highly unusual move, 47 Republican senators warned the leaders of Iran against President Obama's proposal to limit the Iranian nuclear program. The administration has been negotiating this for months. A deadline is three weeks away. Everybody. Welcome again to another edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter's Broadcastings. It's Jupiter Broadcastings, weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. You know, I'm only carrying one phone instead of two. And joining me every single week is my good friend, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hey, Chris. You know, Chase, I also prefer to have just one phone. I just mean, phone. it's a hassle. I know. I got my work and my it's personal a hassle. stuff. So are you an Apple guy or an Android guy? <laughs> Dude, uh, this week I have been all in on the lollipop on the Nexus 5. Oh, isn't it delicious? Going with the pebble. I, uh, dude, steel. we matching it up, man. Yeah, yeah. We although match- mine's a little cooler than yours. Just, it's a cool though. I ordered a... But your phone's cooler than mine, so it yeah, bounces but out. I, but I ordered a new pebble. Did you? Yes, I did actually decide you to did? back it. You did? I yes! did decide to back it. Yeah, I, I decided... Are you getting the steel version or are you yeah. getting... Oh, yeah. you are. Well, I, I want the one that gets the bands. Whichever one has the bands so I can get like the health monitoring bands and stuff, that's the one. Does... I, I thought they both have that. Or does well, the steel only have that? I gotta I look know. into that. I got the time steel, whatever it is. Okay, so... The, I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah. All's I know is I... All's I know is that it is watch week and... Uh, Tech Red Book prediction, I think that watch is going to win. Really? I really do. Hmm. Because, you know, when I look at Apple's watch, and by the way, you know, I really need to come on a show that you do in the mornings at 9 a.m. Yeah, like some sort of tech tech, show? Tech, tech, daily tech show. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, you know, we should always, we can always pre-record one, you know, we can talk. We should do that. We should. Yeah. Uh, But what I was thinking about that watch is, first off, you know, $350 for the price point for the Apple watch, right? Yeah. For the lowest end, the minimum end, which I think is just a little too far out of reach, especially when you have to charge it every day. Yeah. I... I and would, it needs a four hundred dollar iPhone, right? Exactly, and it's got to be a five or a six. Yeah. So I say, you know, go with the Pebble. I mean, first off, you get about a week of charge out of it. Yeah. It's, do it's, you really? Are you, you getting, do. Are you getting you like three seriously? Days? Do. Seriously. So I charge seriously. this. I charge this on the weekend. I'm going to pull up my battery right now. You ready for this? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see here. It is battery life is at forty percent. See. Well, that's not very good. I charged this like Sunday or something. Now, do you have it on where it automatically turns the backlight on when you flick your wrist? Yeah. Okay. Do you have vibrations on for notifications? Yeah. So yeah. you can, you know, kind of tail yeah, it a little bit. I could turn down the vibrations. It's true. And I don't – even three to four days isn't bad. I like the steel a lot better than the than the normal one because the normal one uh, is is plastic and that has like a Gorilla yeah. Glass for surface. I like your watch face though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of great faces. Um, I face got, I face. tried the L-Cars one for a little while. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. One thing I'm, I'm like – I'm doing the step tracking. I, I mean, yep. I like that too. I'm also doing the – you must be doing Android Wear. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I love this face because when I uh, turn my wrist, it gives me a battery reading right there. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, I uh, I I like getting the notifications. Like uh, so, uh, so here's uh, uh, like here's a notification I just got from Noah about yeah. a problem he's having putting something together in Linux. And, and, and Telegram, by the way, pushes uh, pushes yeah. them natively, which is great. Yeah, Telegram support is really great. And then you can like do a smiley face response if you want. Yeah, so I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm gonna so I can see I have templates and I can respond to. Uh, uh, so are you saying right here on the show, Chris, that you give Noah canned responses? I'm giving him one right now. I'm going to say <laughs> AFK. 
AFK. Yes, I just sent him an AFK. I'm on air right now. He doesn't know that because uh, he apparently doesn't listen to the unfiltered show. Are, are you saying you don't tweet it out at Chris LAS on Twitter? Oh, I forgot to tweet out today. <laughs> uh, but uh, if... But, it, you know, I understand it may be hard for you to tweet because, you know, especially following all the Hillary email situation, yeah. you know, it's yeah. t- it's tough. Now that's why I got to get it all in my watch, Chase. Right. So well, I can you know, through it all. and that's why if you go with a pebble, it works across both platforms. That's true. That's true. Except for BlackBerry. I don't think it supports BlackBerry. Uh, so uh, while we're on the kind of, quote unquote, Apple area, why don't we start there in the news? Okay. Did you hear about this program that the CIA was doing to try to crack uh, iOS devices? Yeah, they, like it was something uh, develop, uh, with their development program. Yeah, right? it sounded like a delicious lunch, actually, was what the project <laughs> name was. And now this clip will tell us all about it, of course. Sweet. Back here at home, some new top secret documents obtained by The Intercept prove that the CIA worked for years on a sustained effort to break the security of Apple's iPhones and iPads. I was joined earlier by RT correspondent Lindsay France from our L.A. studio and started off by asking her how the plans to break these Apple products worked. Well, Ben, back in uh, 2006, there was the first meeting of these uh, nearly 10 years of these secret meetings uh, held by these uh, security analysts where they uh, sort of threw up tactics about what uh, in ways that they could uh, get into to Apple's brand new products. Now, if you remember back in 2006, it was when the Apple iPhone debuted. So a lot of ideas were discussed about how to get into this. Now, at one of the uh, most recent meetings, uh, the secret document revealed by The Intercept uh, actually addressed uh, some of the ways that the intelligence community could tap into the developers of applications sold through Apple's uh, App Store uh, could be gotten into. So uh, so what she's trying to say uh, very, very poorly is uh, what the CIA realized. And Chase, you're going to love this part. So mm. the CIA brought together all of these different contractors. Oh, OK. And uh, they needed a nice neutral place that wasn't obvious that it was being completely orchestrated and funded by the CIA. So the CIA's good buddies over at Lockheed Martin <laughs> gave them up a room to bring in all of these different uh, contractors and all these different experts to come in to talk about how they could crack American products, obviously iOS devices top of the list. And what they had kind of what one of the contractors came up with and the one that the CIA ended up embracing was penetrating Xcode. So Xcode is the ah, IDE for developing apps yeah. for iOS. Yeah. So they created a malware version of Xcode that would then own the devices that you develop apps for. So you distribute apps to those devices, all those get owned in the so, process. So basically the developer would have to, by mistake, grab a yeah. malware-infested version of Xcode. Yeah. But, but a lot of developers, don't they just go and grab it from Apple directly? From the app store, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know I don't know how they work around that. And these documents were from a couple years ago. So I don't know exactly how that's Maybe they, now. Maybe uh, they inject a CIA IP in the host file. <laughs> you know, they could do something, they could do something I, like I would, that. I would bet, though, I would bet it's more like social engineering. Like, here, download this update for Xcode. Oh, you know, more here's, like here's phishing the link. attacks and uh, stuff like that. Through the email. Yeah. yeah. And I also don't know if they could only – if they might only be able to own uh, iOS devices that connect directly to the Mac. It might not just be – it might not just be through an app. But anyways, that's what she's trying to say. For example, developers' uh, secret key – they use to make OS their app and then sell it on the iStore the I store could be infiltrated, and then the intelligence community could in, uh, impersonate the developer and thereby getting into the device, the iPad or the iPhone, send data back to a listening post based in the United States. Uh, also, it could force uh, applications to. Um, 
to was just collect on a massive scale what people were doing and send it through. No, I'm more prepared for the story than she is. I know. Ridiculous. I mean, she's <laughs> first off, she's yeah. on she's on a high end network television, uh, you know, show yeah, called yeah. RT. Yeah. And you know, here she is, you know, with what 27 different us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very distracting. Now, by the way, although Chase, let's be let's be uh, real. Talk. Be fair, real talk here. Uh, real talk. Are you surprised at all that the CIA is trying to do this? Oh no! Yeah, no, absolutely no, not. No, no. Uh, it, there's probably real legitimate bad guys that use these devices. Totally, totally. You know, and you know, you got to protect your kids, Chris. Oh, you got to do think about the children. You got to think, think about, about the kids. The children. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into uh, e- the very important email topic, <laughs> should we talk? You must have heard about this uh, letter. That uh, 47... Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. All and, right. And the Logan Act, right? So hold on. Let's play this for okay. people, for people okay. that aren't familiar. <sighs> let's play this. This is an interesting thing that happened this I'm week. rubbing my hands. I, didn't, I really didn't see this coming, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll talk about it a little bit more after this. Yes. 47 Republican senators put their names today to this open letter to Iran, informing Iran that it may not fully understand our constitutional system and a warning that the Senate must ratify international agreements, which in reality isn't the case for a deal like this. And they go on to say that any nuclear agreement not voted in by Congress will be viewed as, quote, nothing more than an executive agreement between President Obama and Ayatollah Khamenei, which the next president could simply revoke with the stroke of a pen. Well, this president had a pointed response. I think it's somewhat ironic uh, to see uh, some members of Congress wanting to make common cause with the hardliners in Iran. That's a good line, isn't it? Oof. That's a good one. That's a good line. And look at him smiling. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah, using that. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 that's mine. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that, yeah I, that's, I wrote that. that. That's how I roll. That's how we go. Uh, that's how we <laughs> roll. Uh, it's an unusual coalition. The surprising move was led by Senator Tom Cotton. We're going to come back to Tom uh, Cotton. Full disclosure, he did not say that for all you audio listeners. We're going to come back to Tom Cotton. <laughs> Who today defended it. Now, the only thing unprecedented is an American president negotiating a nuclear deal with the world's leading sponsor of state terrorism without submitting it to Congress for approval. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not one to uh, go around yelling, uh, it's the Jews, but that is a line directly from Benjamin Netanyahu. That, that line, yeah, that, yeah, I want to back that up right here. Yeah. The, the, uh, the world's, yeah, he'll just play this again. Negotiating a nuclear deal with the world's leading sponsor of state terrorism without submitting it to Congress for approval. Democrats, though, wasted no time pouncing on this as bizarre, cynical, a desperate ploy to sabotage negotiations. Doesn't this seem like sort of an escalated response? Netanyahu came in. Yeah. He talked to the GOP. And then all of a sudden there's a letter written. This seems like the next week there's a letter written. Right. Yeah. Juvenile political tax is a kind of pettiness that diminishes, diminishes us as a country. Senator Durbin said the letter weakens America's hand, highlights our political divisions to the rest of the world, and had a warning of his own. If these negotiations fail, a military response to Iran developing their nuclear capability becomes more likely. These Republican senators should think twice about whether their political stunt is worth the threat of another war in the Middle East. The fact is they're against a deal. If they're so ashamed of that position, why wouldn't they advocate it publicly? 
The White House would not say whether such a letter harms or threatens these delicate negotiations with Iran. It would only say it interferes. Congress would have some role in this process. Actually, Congress has one significant role that Congress would have in this process, and who knows what this deal would include. But if, if we're going to roll back sanctions, that's going to have to involve Congress. Ultimately, to remove the tough sanctions against... Oh, well, I guess she was just going to tell you that. ...against Iran, or not, if that were part of the deal. But interestingly, the White House revealed today that that would only happen years down the road from a deal. A number of years, they said, after Iran proves itself willing to comply. Hmm. So there you go. So that is, uh, if you haven't heard, that is what happened is uh, the Obama administration is in the middle of uh, negotiating with Iran. Uh, Not only did Netanyahu come, but after Netanyahu was here, uh, there was an ad that was played on American television before this letter was sent out. Are you serious? I don't think it was played in Washington State, but I grabbed it, and I want you to watch this. This, my friend, is a fine piece of scare tactics propaganda. Check this out. I have it in the uh, unfiltered supporter sync. You guys are going to want a copy of this. So for you audio listeners, uh, this is a van driving down the freeway, and uh, he's tuning through the radio. A white van, by the way. Yeah. We've got a North Free Korean candy on the side. One day you're going to wake up with an Iranian nuclear Lindsey weapon. Lindsey Graham. Later, Benjamin Netanyahu commented on a nuclear Iran. Just imagine the horrific results if the Islamic extremists really want their hands on nuclear weapons. Tell Washington, no Iran nuclear deal without congressional approval before it's too late. Oh, my God. Let's watch that. Let's watch that again. This is a television ad. Now, uh, let's, let's just jump forward here. So here's the white band. He pulls into the building. Just imagine the horrific. He's on a security camera in that shot, right? So it's specifically to show you, look, he's under surveillance. It's an unlabeled white van. By the way, look security at the date. 2 on the date on the camera, by the way. Interesting, isn't that? Isn't yeah. Horrific result. 11-15. Security guy right there. Obviously, he's got the security guy glasses on. He's got the security guy hat on. Now, all we can tell is this is a guy with a hat and he's got a beard. That's all we can see That's in the shot. That's all we can see. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know he's supposedly. Right. If the Islamic extremists really yeah, wait, he, So he checks that he's approved. And now, wait a minute. Now this this van is on top of this parking garage. He goes to the top of the parking garage, and he sets off. And then after that, in the background, they have a title card comes up with the phone number you're supposed to call, and behind it is a city burning in ruins. Tell Washington, Look at no that. Iran That's a city burning in ruins. congressional approval before it's too late. So they're pretty serious about this whole deal. And I think what this really is, is I think uh, Israel wants to be in on negotiations, perhaps. Either way, though, this is pretty embarrassing for the Obama administration, and they've reacted pretty strongly. The White House today let loose on Senate Republicans' open letter to Iran as reckless, irresponsible, misguided, a blatant, flagrant partisan attempt to interfere. Vice President Biden penned a lengthy, angry statement of his own, calling the Senate letter beneath the dignity of an institution I revere. Just as the senators tried to school Iran on their role in foreign policy, Biden schools them on the myriad agreements signed through the centuries that did not require Congress's vote, like removing chemical weapons from Syria, basing troops in Afghanistan. He says the letter sends a message that is as false as it is dangerous. The decision to undercut our president and circumvent our constitutional system offends me as a matter of principle. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton weighed in. Either these senators were trying to be helpful to the Iranians 
or harmful to the commander in chief. And while the White House has refused to say whether they believe the letter hurts negotiations with Iran, today the State Department did. We believe it's harmful to America's national security for anyone to insert themselves into the middle of a very sensitive negotiation. And of course, this is going to be John Kerry's sentiment coming through his uh, top spokesperson here. Republicans who signed it stand by it. But seven did not sign, including chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Corker. I didn't view the letter as helping achieve an outcome that I'd like to see. He still wants Congress to have an input. He just feels his own bill he's proposed to give Congress an up or down vote on a deal with Iran would be better. Some others feel the same. I did not think it was appropriate for us to write to the Ayatollah and try to explain to him our constitutional system of government. But I doubt very much that the Ayatollah cares what a group of senators thinks. Oh, how about that? Chase, I think that lady deserves a ding, sir. Uh, let's talk about uh, Tom Cotton, the guy behind this, the guy that that uh, started the letter. Okay. And obviously a big move for him as a young up-and-coming. Oh, yeah. He wanted to get some attention. He's got it. Got some sh- Cotton, 37, is the youngest member of the Senate. He served with the Army in Iraq and Afghanistan and denied undermining the ongoing nuclear negotiations. Now, <clears throat> That takes some balls to write this letter and then say you're not trying to undermine negotiations, right? <laughs> and, and really, if you abstract out, like, what's what's the long-term plan? Your long-term plan is what? Conflict? Is that what the alternative is? Right, yeah. What, to go to war? Congress must approve a deal for a deal to be lasting, and Congress will only approve a deal if it stops Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. Now, that's that sounds real good. That sounds like that's okay. actually how our system should work. Right. Except for we all know it's bullshit. If the president gets a deal like this together, the next president's going to totally tuck and roll and make sure that deal continues. Absolutely. The Congress will yeah. all tuck and roll. Yeah. Cotton's Republican colleague, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. I, You know, Lindsey Graham is one of the biggest sellouts. Uh, he's he is just he, I love this line from him. I just love listen to the arrogance in this statement called the president dangerously naive is the president of the United States seems to embrace a construct that there are moderates to negotiate with Iran running the government. That is beyond delusional. That's dangerous. President Obama has v- vowed to threat has, has threatened. Hi, I just accidentally left that in there, I guess. I guess I just forgot to clip that part off. I I just – what bothers me about this letter is – Obviously, you know, the Republicans in Congress, you know, they they have their motives. They have their political ideals. OK, I get that. Democrats, same well, it's way, not right? All the, it's, it's, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I everybody has their political ideas and thoughts about what we should do with Iran. I get that. And they're entitled to their opinion. The, the part that bothers me about this is they decided just to go circumvent the whole thing and just go, yeah. we're going to write this letter so, to the government of Iran. I'm going to let I don't I wouldn't you remember the last time I played a John Kerry clip on this show? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, it's probably been a year because he just is so boring. But I'm going to play this John Kerry clip because he essentially makes the point. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of John Kerry at all. But I, what he essentially says here is they don't even know the, 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 the details of the deal. And yet they're already trying to cause an issue here. Right. Like for all they know, the details could be. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So anyways, I'll let him make the point and then uh, uh, we can move on. Now, with respect to the talks. We've been clear from the beginning. We're not negotiating a, quote, legally binding uh, plan. So it's not a legally binding plan. I don't know what the hell that – that seems like that's not a good thing. It seems like you'd want a legally binding plan. Yeah, you want something solid, right, yeah. We're negotiating a plan that will have in it a capacity for enforcement. 
we don't even have diplomatic relations with Iran right now. And the senator's letter erroneously asserts that this is a legally binding plan. It's not. That's number one. Number two, it's incorrect. So that, that you know, if you think about the optics, as they like to say of that, I love that term, oh, the <laughs> optics, that looks pretty bad. That looks pretty yeah, bad. Right, yeah. When it says that Congress could actually modify the terms of an agreement at any time, that's flat wrong. They don't have the right to modify an agreement reached executive to executive between country, between leaders of a country. Now, sure, could a president, another president, come in with a different attitude? Uh, no president, I think, if this agreement meets its task and does what it's supposed to do in conjunction with China, Russia, France, Germany, Great Britain, all of whom are going to either sign off or not sign off on an agreement. I'd like to see the next president, if all of those countries have said this is good and it's working, turn around and just nullify it on behalf of the United States. That's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. That is exactly it yeah. right there. Yeah. 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 It Be- does. Yeah. Even Best even, clip we've heard from in a while. <laughs> yeah. That's why I played it because it's just not – he knows it, it's not going to happen. They're not going to undo yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. All right. So let's pick it up because that was a little – uh, and by the way, that talk, that, that discussion was happening at the uh, hearing to authorize force against... Yeah, ISIS. I saw the yeah. subtext. Uh, all yeah. right, let's talk about email. And CNN... Check the email! You ready for a tech segment in the Unfilter show? We're going to break wait, down... Wait, are we going to hear this... Are we going to hear the keyboard? I don't actually think they did that in this one. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and listen. Do we hear... Do, 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 do we hear that too? <laughs> no, but we do have some cool music. This might get us pulled down. I don't know. But this uh. is so... Hopefully, like last week we got pulled down. It really sucked. Yeah. But this is CNN. It starts out semi-solid, and then, then it, they lose it. They really lose oh, it. Yeah, here we go. Here okay. We go. You probably heard by now, Hillary Clinton never had a State Department email address. By the way, she only had too. a personal one. Yeah. One so personal that she kept an email computer server registered to her home in Chappaqua, New York. Why would she do that? We'll get to that later. Let's start with how. Yeah. First, you buy a computer. Then you do some insanely difficult network programming. Yeah. You need to... De- network programming? Okay. Yeah, right, I, you know what? I'll, I'll give them that because yeah. they're trying to explain yeah. it to a four-year-old. All right. Now we got to download right. something. Download yeah. special software and start tinkering with your computer software ports, like the simple mail transfer protocol. SMB. Then you need to connect to something called a local host database. What? Rename the configuration files. What? Open them up with a text editor okay. and start changing values. What? Okay. Entering the proper domain name, SMTP server address... IMF server address. Uh-huh. You get the idea. Dude, no, I don't d- think you've no, got the no, idea. No, 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 I don't dude, think you've got the I, idea, I just man. install. I, I just use WHM. <laughs> I, I mean, I just let let it handle it. <laughs> or use a data center. Oh, 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 oh. oh, you mean like HostGator? I could use a data center. <laughs> Either way, unless Clinton is a secret tech guru, she probably didn't do this on her own. There are only two kinds of people who want a private email server. IT geeks and the people who worry about governments and companies spying on their mail. Stop picking on me! When you sign up for personal email accounts, your messages are normally kept on computer servers at giant data centers owned by companies like Google and Yahoo. The same is true for your work email. In Clinton's case, her emails should have lived on computer servers at the State Department. Except they didn't. Now to the why. It's more private. That's it. Anyone who wants Clinton's emails will have to go through her first. Boom. So uh, did that pick it up for you? Did you like that? Was that fun that for you? That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty yeah. good. All right. 
So uh, now that's the fun side of it. Turns yeah. out there is actually some lawmakers calling for uh, Clinton to explain herself. As Obama tells CBS News, he knew nothing about Hillary Clinton using private email for government business. Now let's talk about that for a second. So uh, it has been shown that he was emailing HDR22 at ClintonEmail.com. Are you telling me that the president of the United States is so stupid that he can't figure out that that is not a, an official maybe, State Department maybe, email maybe. address? And I'm going to say maybe. You know how in Outlook, uh, and I, I assume the president might be even using a uh, BlackBerry Exchange server. But I know it can do the friendly name things, and that's possible. But here's so, what he said. Yeah, here's what he said. Maybe. He comes out and maybe. says, I, I didn't even know about this until I saw it in the news, everybody. That's what he no, says. No, that, he and, then, and then, and then, uh, and then, and uh, then, Josh has to go out there and say, "Oh, well, he did know about it, but he didn't know it was illegal." Anyways, I digress. Until the story broke last week, I'm glad that uh, Hillary is uh, instructed that uh, those emails uh, that had to do with official business need to be disclosed. Huh? Clinton appears in public this morning in New York City. Her only comment so far on the email story is a 26-word Twitter message. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill. Where- now, look at Charlie. He's such a ladies' man, and you'll find out if you're an unfiltered sport in the post show what I mean. But mm. watch the way he tosses to her. Well, just you know, he's like, see, you could tell this whole time, like everybody's watching, like, boy, Charlie's looking tired. Now, wa- watch what he tosses to her to uh, Capitol Hill here. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill, where lawmakers want answers. Nancy, good morning. Good morning. And even some of her allies here on Capitol Hill are starting to say that her silence could end up hurting her more than the initial revelations. So the pressure begins to build since last week's episode. Come out, Hillary. Talk to us, Hillary. You got to make a statement, Hillary. And Hill Dog's initial reaction was to hunker down. And they say that it's putting the White House, the State Department, even the president, as you just heard, in the awkward position of trying to defend her to a point when she won't defend herself. In Miami this weekend, Chelsea Clinton was asked about her mother's private emails. As her daughter, we email about things like Thanksgiving dinner and our plans to watch a movie on Friday night. Uh, And how we're going to uh, funnel money through the uh, Clinton Foundation. Uh, So in terms of her official emails, you'll have to ask her. But so far, no one has been able to ask her. The silence is going to hurt her. California Senator Dianne Feinstein is a friend of Clinton's and a fellow Democrat. My good friend. I think that she needs to step up and come out and state exactly what the situation is. So you've got essentially one of the top Democrats going on one of the Sunday show publicly saying Hillary needs to come out. She needs to step up. You've got Obama saying, uh, you know, Hillary needs to step up. This is a lot of high-end Democratic pressure on what is likely to be the top forerunning Democrat candidate for 2016. (laughs) 300 of Clinton's emails have already been turned over to the Republican-led House Committee investigating the 2012 Benghazi attacks. But on Face the Nation, committee chair Trey Gowdy said he suspects something's missing. Uh, yes, sir. There are gaps of months and months and months. And if you if you think to that iconic picture of her on a C-17 flying to Libya. Hey, we've seen that picture before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, that's a good picture. Uh, she has sunglasses on and she has her handheld device. In her. Now, here's a little known thing, though. She's not flying. She's not flying to Libya in this picture. No. So uh, so he's going on around here about how she's flying to Libya and they don't have anything about it. C-17 flying to Libya. She has sunglasses on and she has her handheld device in hand. We have no emails from that day. In fact, we have no emails from that trip. Democrats note that trip came nearly a year before the Benghazi attacks and that Clinton went to Tripoli, not Benghazi. She completely complied with the law. She didn't have any uh, cell reception. All right. So, yeah, yeah. So, right, so there is uh, so there is sort of the you can see the, the pressure from within her own party. 
But there is actually perhaps some legal trouble here. Like mm. there could, she could be in legal trouble. So you know who we're going to bring in, don't you? Oh, we're going to bring in our uh, legal correspondent from Unfilter. That's right, the judge. The judge. In the meantime, joining me now is Judge Andrew Napolitano, Fox News senior judicial analyst. And boy, do I have a lot of questions hey, judge. for you. Yeah. Uh, starting with the legality of this whole thing in general. So they're sitting there perched right before the Hillary Clinton press conference that she finally sets after all of this pressure and they're killing time. And I've actually cut this up because during the judge's breakdown, they cut to the to the podium, but Hillary's there. Oh, oh she's no, no. There. And, then, we'll and, and then Greta brings it back or whatever name. She brings it back and they, then they focus back on the conversation. And then they cut to the live feed <laughs> and Hillary's not there. So they're, it's all during the excitement of Hillary's about to make her big statement. Break it down for us, Judge. How do you see it? I think she has to be very careful what she says because she's facing uh, a slew of potential allegations of criminal behavior first the premise of the statute the the public records act of 1950 which was added to in 1995 by her husband says that the government owns all the emails when you work for the government when you leave you can ask for your personal emails back the government makes that decision by her taking possession of these emails from day one this is the key part here. uh-huh she frustrated the purpose of the statute, and instead of the government deciding which are personal and releasing them, she and she alone decided which are governmental and gave them back to the government. Concealing the government's documents from the government when you work for the government is a felony, punishable by three years in jail and disqualification okay. from holding public office. Hold your neck. So, Go ahead. Are you are you ready for my big super red book prediction yet? Yeah. Or, do you want me to share it now? Well, I got one want, more judge right. clip. Okay. No, I'll, I'll wait. I'm going to hold it in. All right. I'm so wait. because and the only reason is because the so she she interrupts him to cut to the you here. Oh, she okay. inter- yeah, yeah, she yeah. interrupts him to cut okay. to the thing. All right. But here's what I was thinking when she cuts, and then he's this is the next thing he touches on. Yeah. What did we just talk about? We just talked about how we we suspected that the whole Paula Broadwell and um um oh uh the general. Yeah, well, gosh, uh, Wesley uh, Clark. It was, no, it wasn't Wesley no. Clark. Though. That's the, oh, that's the uh, that's the other guy. Oh. Petraeus. Petraeus. Thank you. Yeah, Petraeus. I was thinking, you know, Petraeus gets in trouble for taking these 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 logs from from the Iraq. Yeah, with the books, and he takes them home, and they were sitting there. And What's he, the difference between him doing that and Hill Dog having the server in her house? Exactly. So he actually touches on exactly. that. Exactly. Meantime, Judge Point Two. Her second problem is the general Petraeus problem, and that is keeping classified materials on a site that you control that is not a secured government site. General Petraeus agreed to plead guilty. He was prosecuted because he kept secrets in a desk drawer for 15 months. Mrs. Clinton kept secrets in a server we don't know where on a barn in her estate in Chappaqua, New York, at a computer server in in, uh, Texas, which is what one of her people uh, has said, for 48 months. I would have asked the president, Mr. President, are you going to prosecute Secretary Clinton, who did for 48 months what you prosecuted General Petraeus for doing for 15 months? Okay, Okay, that's a pretty fair point, right? Very fair point. Curse, here's the problem. And she's about to mention this. Who the hell would do that? Who would do this? I mean, let's say... Well, that's the thing. As as, as, uh, our our colleague Greta Van Susteren said, in the present administration, only federal... So in the present administration, there's nothing she really has to worry about. But this is why it might be a bigger deal. Prosecutors can do this. No federal prosecutor under Eric Holder or his likely successor, uh, Attorney General-designate Loretta Lynch, would uh, would prosecute her. The statute of limitations is five years. She could be prosecuted under another administration if she's not the head of it. That's the key. Uh-huh. So now you ready for my Red Book prediction? Yes, sir. Hillary Clinton will not be the president in 2016 or whatever. Not even that. I mean, this will be a major issue 
during debates. <laughs> dur- no, I'm serious because the way the way that she has been so closed off about this and avoidance uh, during her press conference on this. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, on. and I and I think you've made a red book prediction way back when that you thought Hill Dog was a lock, that you thought she was oh, in, yeah. oh, that yeah. she was in all the way. Keep digging, Chase. You, I mean, I'm going to find it. I need a pen. I need. Yeah, a, I, I, don't I need see a pen. Oh man, I need, this is why we need an electronic no. red book. Uh, but I'm going to find Here's it. Here's the thing. Here, you ready I'm for this? Find it. Here, I'm going to zone in on it for you right now. All right. Uh, I want to play. Uh, I want to play Hillary's uh, press conference. I just I have the full one in the support. Uh, overtime folder, but uh, I just have a couple minutes here. I want you to watch how she handles this because Hillary isn't Hillary. Hillary has been doing politics for a long time, and that's why I am so excited about the 2016 election. <laughs> what I found it, yeah. Episode 68 of yeah. the Unfilter program. Oh, yeah, I've been seeing it for a while. Hill Dog. 2016. Yeah, buddy. That is all you. Is this is this working? Yeah, I think so. All yeah, right. There, yeah, there. there I don't yeah. know if you guys can see that very well. There it is. Hill Dog 2016. Boom! Right there. there Boom. No way. No way, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that it's is. It's not happening. Oh, it's now. on, bro. It's not it's, happening. It is on. Not it, happening. No. Here's why. Because you know what she does. She she plays. Not the, happening. Not only does she have a war chest, she has got this game so figured out. No. You know. You know what she does. No. She. She doesn't respond to the politicians that are attacking her. She responds to the people and gets the people to change their opinion. No. So that way, the politicians no. have to drop no. it. I, I watch did, this. No. Watch the way she. No. Watch the way she works the camera. Right. Watch her body language. I, I'm going to say this though. Let me say one thing before you play the clip. The public, you know, they may not be, uh, and I'm talking to the general public, not us, you know, geeks. I'm talking to the general public here. They may not understand what's going on in Iraq. They may not understand what's going on with Iran and Syria and ISIS and ISIL and, and Daesh and all that. We they, need a pen. They may not understand any of that. We need a pen. But if there is one you thing. Write this. Oh, there's a pen right there. You got to get it right there. When I, when okay, I start I the clip. All right. There is one thing that uh, American people understand. Uh-huh. They understand email. Yeah. They understand uh-huh. that if, if you are putting a server Put on the in today. your own. I'm doing it. If you're putting March eleventh, two thousand fifteen. If Nunes. you put a if personal server in the way everybody understands that, it's like why? Why wouldn't you have your email with the state to, State Department? Uh-huh. Why? Because you have something to hide. Yep. Because yep. she's going to delete emails. Yep. Oh, I've released emails. You know what I, I took out all my personal you know what message. Say? What, dude? You are talking about the woman that had to go on national television and talk about the blowjob that her husband, the president, sucks, guys, doesn't it? It she, sucks. Is she mad? It that? sucks. She could easily. It sucks. It. Watch how she handles it. She's so pro now, dude. Watch it this. sucks. Four things She's I pro want level. to know. First, when I got to work as Secretary of State, I opted for convenience to use my personal email account, which was allowed by the State Department, because I thought it would be easier to carry just one device Stop. for my work. Stop right there. Hold on. Everybody knows that problem. Everybody appreciates How, that. Wait, one device for my work instead of two. What phone cannot handle multiple email accounts? Well, this is early days. She, Bull. She, you know, all she has to do is say, oh, I didn't know that. And by the way. All she, she has to say is, oh, I she, didn't know that. She was found on tape talking uh, uh, a person. She was at some Said women's conference. I would never conference. use email. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Uh, she was at a women's conference or something, and one of the women's like, I got an important question for you. Apple or Android? And she goes, Apple, well, and BlackBerry, because I would have to have them both. So she admitted then that she had no problem oh, with please. carrying two different phones. Please, just saying. It was a hype. Jeez Louise. No. Jeez no. Louise. No. And for my personal emails instead of two. Looking back, 
it would have been better if I simply used a second email account. You could still switch, Hillary. And carried a second phone. But at the time, this didn't seem like an issue. Now, there, she might also be, she could be describing, like, maybe because if it's a government-issue phone, like, there's some, you know, there could be all weird policy shows. I mean... I mean, this thing is obviously this is a. B- I mean, I think you're getting marred down no, in the this, BS. No, this, this, no, this doesn't pass the sniff test for me. Of course, it's fake. Of course, I know. Of course, it's bullcrap. I know, but, but she will not. Is, but she will not be president. But think about this: out of all of the routes she could have taken to explain this away, she went with this route because Hillary Rodham Clinton knows that lazy resonates with the American people. Nobody does lazy like America, yeah, and Hillary is appealing but, to lazy. But, but you know and what? you know what? At the end of the day, the American people can be like, yeah, you know what? I fucking hate having so, two devices, too. So, oh, that sucks. So, so Chris, yes, when, when, if you're uh, tech incompetent and you're lazy, uh-huh. what you do is you say, hey, look, here, geek, set this up for me. She, that's what she did. You know that's what she did. You know that's what she did. Again, you are trying to argue reality versus the what she All right, all right, okay. So that being said... She could have just used her, her State Department email for personal use. Yep. So why didn't she do that? Chase, again, I, obviously I, I'm she, so, could I'm so, she could have, but this is what the brilliance of Hillary Clinton is. Uh, she's just playing to the lazy. She's just uh, going right for this, and she's not talking to those politicians. She's talking to mom and pa kettle right now. Uh, Second, the vast majority of my work emails went to government employees at their government addresses which meant they were captured and preserved immediately on the system at the State Department. Third, after I left office, the State Department asked former secretaries of state for our assistance in providing copies of work-related emails from our personal accounts. I responded right away and provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. Oh, thank you, Hillary, for being the arbiter of that. Instead of, you know, thank you so much. Yeah, you will be the judge and the jury and yeah. tell us yeah. that what you think is personal or not well, personal. She was asked, like, so did you delete something? She said, well, we erred on the side of caution. Should I play any more? Yeah, go 55, ahead. 55,000 printed pages. Let her keep digging. Even though I knew that the State Department already had the vast majority of them. That's right. We're putting this into the unfiltered record so we When uh, she wins the election, we can play this whole thing back. We went through a thorough process to identify all of my work-related emails and deliver them to the State Department. At the end, I chose not to keep my private, personal emails, emails about planning Chelsea's wedding or my mother's funeral arrangements, condolence notes to friends, illegal contributions, yoga routines, family vacations, the other things you typically find in inboxes. No one wants their personal emails made public. My Bitcoin transactions. And I think most people understand that and respect that privacy. Fourth, I took the unprecedented step of asking that the State Department make all my work-related emails public for you know the timing of this i just i, I can't stand anymore if you want to uh, that's fine yeah the that's timing of this uh, is interesting because you know she was about to launch the campaign oh yeah yeah she was ready to pull the trigger yeah get started because she wants to go against jeb man she's ready so do you think we'll have a further development next week or do you think our coverage sort of peters out here no no there'll be more okay interesting well i uh before we totally shift off of just a regular headlines for the week uh i i, there, I was watching an interview with um a, an fbi guy on bloomberg and he brought up something that I'd never heard about. But when a company gets hacked, 
if your if your information's been uh, compromised in pretty much all cases, they're supposed to disclose it at some point. Now, different states have different laws, and that's kind of being worked on. Uh, but did you know that if you're like, say, a bank, maybe Chase Bank, mm-hmm. and you get hacked, mm-hmm. you can ask the Obama administration for a federal waiver of disclosure, so you never have to tell anyone you got hacked. You don't got to tell the, the the Wall Street guys. Wow. You gotta, yeah, yeah. And this clip goes into it a little bit. Right. Is it possible that a hack on the scale of a Sony might be going unreported? Well, it's interesting that some of these companies are finding out from the media that they've been hacked. So this is Leo Tedetto. He is the uh, FBI special agent for cyber special operations. We're finding out from the government that they've been hacked. The worst case for a company is to find out you've been hacked when your system stops working, uh, which we saw in some of these cases. So uh, in many cases, when they uh, discover they're hacked, uh, they're not reporting for various reasons. We want to break down those barriers. We want to improve the communication between the government and the private sector in this area. It's absolutely critical that we have the information necessary to address this threat, and we're asking companies to share their information with us. And Leo, one thing I wanted to ask you about as well is we've reported on the J.P. Morgan breach, which your office is obviously investigating, uh, that one of the things the bank really wanted was a national security exemption letter. So a national security exemption letter is what it's called. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And uh, how common is that for companies to ask for exemptions from disclosing? What is that? Well, under certain state laws that require disclosure, there are exemptions to the requirement. And so, like, California is one of them. Uh, uh, there's some states where you don't have to disclose at all, and so they never tell anybody anyways, and that's just the law of the land there. Meaning J.P. Morgan didn't want to report that they had a no, I, I, Yes, that is the case, but of course he can't say that. I, I won't, I I won't talk about the J.P. Morgan case in particular, but in general, uh, state laws often require that companies report certain types of breaches uh, with certain exemptions. One of the exemptions is if there is a law enforcement need to keep the breach uh, uh, quiet, keep it close hold so we can continue to investigate. Uh, In most cases, that's not necessary, and it's very rare that we issue what is a hold harmless letter or ask the Department of Justice to issue a hold harmless letter. So it's pretty rare. uh, To a company so that they don't have to disclose it. So without having to refer to a particular investigation, which is ongoing, uh, I'll just say in general terms, it is a rare thing. A rare thing to be asked for and a rare thing to to grant as well. Both are rare. What's the the threshold for granting uh, one of those letters? That's actually a great question. What a good question that Wow, that I'm going to give him. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's so it's it's so weird. Why is he on Bloomberg? It's so yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so weird like when 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 one of these talking heads actually asks a question it almost it almost hits you um, in the face. Uh Chris, yeah. uh, breaking news. Uh he was just fired uh, oh. from <laughs> to, to grant as well. Both are rare. Yeah. Well, what's the uh, what's the threshold for granting uh, one of those letters? Well, we'd have to show an investigative need. So for example, if the adversary is still on a network and we want to monitor the ad- the adversary on the network, We'd like to keep that information from the public so the adversary obviously doesn't... We're not telegraphing to the adversary what we're doing and what we're watching. So in those types of cases, we'd ask that um, they not make the public disclosure under state law. Now, what's uh, funny about that is uh, if you uh, watch the TechSnap program, you'll you'll note that a lot, a lot, a lot of the attacks that we report on are labeled as advanced persistent threats, i.e. Mm. The, per- the person was still there, so they would qualify for that uh, disclosure, which is uh, a little... Oh, that seems like a big loophole that could, they could probably run through and, and claim that not many people will qualify for it. Chase, before we go on to the rest of the show, and we do have a little bit more news to get into and a few more clips to play, I do want to thank the 365 folks that are keeping us on the air over at patreon.com slash unfiltered because this is a listener-supported show. That's right. Now we have one Patreon for every single day of the year. Exclu- <laughs> 
Excluding leap years, of course. Oh, I now, got really excited and you just gave me a, <laughs> yeah, gave me a big yeah, I, I know, I know. But hey, thanks to you guys who uh, heeded our call last week and, and jumped on board. We had a lot of uh, a lot of new guys. Yeah, that new uh, $2 uh, tier. Yeah. So give us some feedback, by the way, on that. You know, uh, when Chris posts those uh, post shows, yeah. if you could, just go ahead and respond to those posts. Do you like them? Do you hate yeah. them? We, we want to get They do take extra feel. work. Yeah. And so uh, last week we posted uh, for the new $2 and up tiers, $2 you get access to the post show, yep. and $5 you get access to the post show and ultimate experience all of the sources yeah the bit torrent sync you get all the files you get everything that we've been covering since the additional tiers from there you get all the goodies that go up with everything else and at two dollars you get the post show now it was something new a little bit extra work and uh, of course we had problems with youtube jerking the show around last week so that made it that but we we want to hear your feedback see if you like the post show stuff so uh, let us know and i might tweak that like one of the things i want to talk to you about in the post show is how to deliver that Oh yeah, because there's a lot of different options on how we. Yeah, can there, put it out there's there. SoundCloud. We can actually just post the file. I mean, there's, there's it's just it's even beyond that. It's like, well, I want to say for the post show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, re- remind me, we'll bring it up. Yeah, it's, we're always working on stuff for our supporters. And if you like the unfiltered show and want to keep us going, we really do need your help. We're trying to get it up a little bit up, and we're going to have updated milestones where we can hire a producer to help out with show notes. And That's things right. Like that, yeah, so. because obviously, when you're trying to track the news that no one wants to watch. We have to watch and (laughs) get those clips in there, get the show notes in there. And it's a lot of work. This this show on Jupiter Broadcasting is the biggest when it comes to time invested. Mm -hmm. I know Chris, you know, loves messing around with Linux and different flavors. I saw, you know, one of your tweets the other day saying you're you're trying a new beta version of something. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, man, you know, you got to keep up on that, of course. But then, you know, you got news and action that is happening every single day. So if you guys help support us on patreon.com slash unfilter, we're able to actually kind of offload that a little bit. And Believe it or not, the show would probably even be better yeah. because then we wouldn't have to kind of stress on getting all those clips and yeah. getting the things and that we missed. And it's not that we would even be out of it. It's just uh, helping with that oh, yeah. workload a little bit yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and, you know, like, so we're going to transition to a segment of some of the stuff that's a little, it's a little heavy, you know, and it's, it's a little hard to follow all of that all the time. And what you see is just a small percentage of what what uh, what we actually watch before it gets into the show. Yeah, before it gets e- uh, deleted off the email servers, you know, we always like to uh, <laughs> yeah. make sure we share, it out, with, share it with you. You guys. Yeah. All right, Chase. So uh, let's talk a little ISIS. ISO, Chris. Dash. Yeah. And uh, we can start uh, with uh, some interesting bed friends, uh, the U.S. and Iran in Iraq. Iraqi forces this morning say they took the center of a town outside to Crete, one of the cities controlled by ISIS. The chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff visited Baghdad on Monday. General Martin Dempsey said he's, quote, a- Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. What do you think he's about to say here? <laughs> A bit concerned the international coalition against ISIS may not stay together for the long term. What? 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 Why? Holly Williams is in Baghdad tracking the influence of the United States and Iran in this fight. Holly, good morning. Good morning. There are two key battles raging here in Iraq against ISIS, one for the city of Tikrit, the other in nearby Kirkuk province. But U.S.-led airstrikes are only being used in one of those fights, and that may end up being a decisive factor. In the villages around Tikrit, this is the best fighting force Iraq's leaders can muster. A patched-together army of Iraqi government soldiers, local tribesmen and Shiite Muslim militias. American-led airstrikes have been critically important in other battles against ISIS, but there's no direct U.S. involvement in Tikrit. Instead, Iraq has turned to neighbouring Iran for help, 
with Iranian officers on the ground reportedly commanding Shiite Muslim militias. The fight for control of Tikrit is painfully slow. That's a, that's their way of saying that uh, Iran and the U.S. are fighting the same people. Oh, I see. We're working I see. not I, together, but we but have this. The, well, yeah, it's like we have a neutral party. We have. Ish, we have this, we hate the of. same people. Real bad. Yeah. Real bad. <laughs> yeah. But just to the northeast, in Kirkuk province. Kurdish forces made a lightning assault on ISIS positions yesterday. They claim to have retaken 40 square miles of territory. ISIS is countering the attack with armoured vehicles like this one, converted into bulletproof truck bombs. The Kurdish forces say they destroyed four of them with anti-tank missiles. Operating independently from Baghdad and closely allied with the U.S., the Kurdish fighters coordinate American airstrikes from the ground. The Kurdish fighters are calling American airstrikes from the ground. And in their sights is the town of Hawija, where ISIS recently paraded, captured and caged Kurdish fighters. Kurdish commanders have repeatedly told us just how important those U.S.-led airstrikes have been in their victories. But a Shiite militia leader told us this morning that they do not need American airstrikes to recapture Tikrit. Gail? Thanks, Holly. Nothing like a little uh, ISIS update in the morning on uh, CBS Good Morning. But yes, you're right. You know, right before you get your kids to school, Chris. Now, Chase, uh, do you remember last week where we talked about where ISIS is becoming ISIL. the big boogeyman? Oh, yeah. Evil. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, and uh, in Libya. And uh, in Libya, as a matter of fact, it turns out the guy that's calling the shots in Libya is the guy that we hooked up with to help topple Gaddafi. So the guy that we worked with in the past to topple Gaddafi is now the guy that's supposedly running the head of the ISIS division in Libya. And supposedly they just got a whole bunch of oil. Nine foreign workers are believed to be in the hands of ISIS-affiliated militants in Libya. Officials say they were abducted on Friday after an attack on an oil field. The kidnapped foreigners were working for Vios, an Austrian-owned oil services firm. They are from the Philippines, Bangladesh, Austria, the Czech Republic, and Ghana. Let's get the latest from John Deftarios. He joins us live from Abu Dhabi. Uh, John, ISIS in Libya using very aggressive, it would seem very aggressive strategy against the oil installations. Now, this guy, he follows the uh, oil in this area of the world, so he's kind of supposedly their big expert on this. Yeah. Uh, are, you know, what's the thinking behind this, and, and is anything being done to protect them? Well, well, very little in terms of protection for the oil workers. I.e., we need troops. And uh, the Libyan guards who were killed over the weekend as well, Maggie. Two very distinct strategies in place here by ISIS. ISIS in Libya taking a slash and burn uh, strategy because the industry is so big in Libya and the country is so vast they can't wrap their arms around it and control it. Because we've destroyed their government. Unlike ISIS in Syria and Iraq where they wanted to control the oil fields. Remember last summer they were producing up to 80,000 barrels a day. So they want to control it for revenues. Now this attack took place at a site south of Sirte. It was controlled by Veos, the uh, oil services company based out of Austria. It has 11 permanent facilities in the country. Now, Aveos, uh, value-added oil services, was suggesting that they do not know where the workers were taken, and they're trying to cooperate with the Austrian Foreign Services right now uh, to see if they can intervene to get those workers back. Now, after the attack of the 11 nationals, the calls again coming from the Libyan interim government suggesting that the international community is leaving a vacuum in Libya and that more needs to be done. It's also raised 
raising calls from the Arab League to have the UN release weapons into the interim government so we can stop these attacks. They've hit four fields so far, Maggie, over the last month. Uh, And these fields are right at the heart of the Libyan Sirt Basin, where all the sweet oil is that usually goes into markets, particularly into southern Europe as well. Yeah, isn't that an interesting one? Calls for guns into Libya and for the international for community gosh to sake, do more. Chris, give just, these people guns. We just need to do more, Chase. Just give them guns. I will hold on, guys. Yeah. Come on. I, the, uh, the, the, there's just... Right. Uh, yeah. Now, Chase, we do like to end things on a high note. That's right. It's always good to end a show on a high note. And Now, no, uh, no audio on this particular big story, but it's a big, big story. Uh, yesterday, three U.S. senators included a bipartisan bill hmm. that would effectively legalize medical marijuana on the federal level. So basically, if you're in a state that it is legal for medical use... You have to be in a state that already is legal. That's correct. That's correct. So like, say, for example, Washington State is one of those states. Uh, It would effectively make it legal. Now, not only that, it would also move the drug from a Schedule One, which is like no medical, no medical value. It's bad, bad, bad. Right. To Schedule Two of the Controlled Substance Act. Uh, essentially, that's a really, really big deal because that means it can be officially prescribed to people. Yeah, federal it, it federal also, research it, could be done. That's it's a big huge. one too. It's huge. The other thing is, is it also matches perfectly with one of your predictions. That's oh! right. I made a red book prediction that eventually we would see. I would say that you know we would see the full legalization of marijuana at some point, uh, but it would be a stair step approach. You know, we'd move it from Schedule One to Schedule Two. There'd be more research to show, yeah, this is actually a good thing for people. And speaking of a good thing for people, in fact, speaking yeah. of something research has shown yeah. it's really good for is post traumatic stress and dealing with post traumatic stress and how cannabis can be especially effective when dealing with that. Well, Washington State, there hasn't been really a system that's officially sanctioned for our vets. Right. Well, that's all changing, and our local affiliate has the coverage. Veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder would be allowed to smoke pot as medicine under a bill that's gaining steam in Olympia. The state Senate passed the bill unanimously, but as South Bureau Chief Drew Mickelson found out, veterans are worried about what else lawmakers may do to the medical system. Drew. Well, Lori, if this bill gets the same sort of support over in the House, veterans with PTSD say no doubt it will save lives. But they're worried about some other efforts here at the Capitol to regulate the relatively unregulated medical marijuana system in the state. They think it may actually make it harder for these veterans to get the right medicine. You keep your edge up. Call it a hobby or even a sport. It gave me a focus. But for Rick Francis, it's therapy. Suddenly I got this linear thought that I can control, that I can master. This Vietnam veteran started suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder when he came home in 1965, 50 years ago. I had written a thing about my anger. His writing now helps him with his PTSD, along with working with other veterans in his position. Another coping method? Marijuana. Smoke a bowl. Relax. Recognize who you are, not who you're trying to be for others. He's thrilled the state Senate voted to allow PTSD patients to use medical marijuana, joining those suffering from pain-inflicting or terminal diseases. He hopes it will cut down on the number of veteran suicides. So ordered. But some patients and veteran advocates fear what may happen next in Olympia. Leaders in the House and Senate 
want to regulate the state's medical marijuana mm-hmm. system, potentially limiting medical products, requiring patient registrations and licensing, or even closing down the traditional dispensaries. Well, the- and adding new taxes. Those are illegal. They've been illegal, and now we're going to uh, create a system where people can function in a legal environment. So that's the line. The medical system has been illegal. In fact, Angela read me an article last night that said bringing the medical system out of the black market. But it's not. It was voted in by initiative. Yeah, I know. That's the beauty of it. That's what's so Freaking beautiful about it. I mean, I wasn't a resident Welcome of Welcome to the, 1984 Orwellian speak. Right. Well, I wasn't a resident of the state when it was voted in, but but from what I understand it, you guys, you know, because you've been you're, – you're a lifelong Washingtonian. Mm-hmm. You guys voted this in, yep. right? Yeah. So everybody understood the law. Yeah. Uh, it, it passed through right. uh, through uh, legal review like all, all initiatives have to. People outside the state have said it's one of the best medical systems that, uh, that has right. had some of the best success with patients in the United States. No, it, it comes down to showing me the money. That's what it comes down to. It absolutely to. does come it down to does that. Show me the money! They want to get paid. State Senator Ann Rivers says under her bill, patients would benefit. They would not have to pay sales tax on pot, and more recreational retailers would be trained on what product works best for individual ailments. Rick Francis says marijuana helped him control his anxiety and the nightmare. He just wants more veterans who suffer from PTSD to have access to what he considers a life-saving medicine. When you're participating, you're being a service again, that's all we want. The bill now heads to the House. The sponsor says he likes the chances that it'll pass. If it passes in the House and gets the governor's signature, only retired military members would actually qualify under this bill. Uh, Current active duty and reservists and members of the Guard are prohibited from using marijuana for any kind of medical use or recreational use while they're still enlisted, regardless of what state they live in. Live in Olympia, Drew Mickelson. King Five News. Thanks, Thanks Drew. Drew. Yeah. Now, the the, the one problem uh, with this whole thing and the whole medical system in its in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, regardless of PTSD, PTSD, or you know, anxieties and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. There's still no protection for people who are even even under the medical system in this state and every other state. Are you that advocating it's legal. for a centralized database? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is there's no protections for these people. Yeah, I know. For like employment, for example. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, so, for example, you have a say a veteran uh, who is retired um, and they're they're using uh, you know weed uh, to treat themselves and to then, make it hard to get a gerb and then they want to get a gerb to be more uh, you know productive members of society because now the weeds help them be that and then they go oh, well we, we need you to pee in a cup I know you know and so you know this is great and I can see why all the legal that's peeps, an issue there's that's also an issue. Yeah. there's something I've seen reported on a lot this week I wonder if you catch it up driving around it's sometimes I notice that there is a story that goes across like ABC CBS P- uh, PBS, NPR, they all cover this one story. And this week in Washington State, it was about 10th graders being confused about getting access to weed. It's been two years since recreational marijuana became legal in Washington State. But new research finds teens and parents are still confused about how the state's marijuana law works. Kevin Haggerty is a professor of social work at the University of Washington. He checked in with 10th graders and their parents at Tacoma schools 
And he told KUOW's Marcy Silman that two out of five of those parents did not know that you have to be 21 years old to legally use pot. So two out of five didn't know that you have to be 21. They thought you had to be 18. And two out of five didn't know how to read. Yeah. I mean, but there is there is a bit of an information problem going around. There is, a, right. bit, there is a problem you know with, the, with the jobs thing. Uh, do we have this set up? Do we have the shot set up? I don't think so. No, oh, okay. I, just, I killed it when we were trying to troubleshoot. Oh, okay. Today. I was going to say, you know, pick, pick a search engine, Chris, and type in... Washington State Recreational Marijuana. You're right. You're right. I mean, seriously. I'm sorry, parents out there, that you can't be bothered to pick up a keyboard and a mouse and search. I'm sorry. All right. But I feel that's a lame excuse. All right. So, uh, you know, Alaska's had uh, made some progress on on, uh, their uh, cannabis situation. And they have – they had a bill – that essentially uh, the people voted, and they're gonna they were gonna rec- they were gonna say okay, cannabis is legalized, but then they have to work on several they bills to, make to actually make all the <laughs> yeah, rules, right? Yeah, yeah. And guess what, Chase? What? As things often do, once it gets in the hand of politicians, uh, they begin to make some changes the people don't like. Mm. Marijuana legislation is undergoing big changes as it makes its way through the committee process in Juneau. Channel 2's Adam Pinsker tells us why the Senate Finance Committee is rewriting Senate Bill 30. What? Rewriting? Yeah, Mike, lawmakers call this one of the most important pot bills of the session. Now, three major changes were made to the bill on Tuesday. There may be a little more litigation, but um, I don't expect anarchy. More than two weeks after marijuana became legal in Alaska, lawmakers seem farther and farther from a solution on how to regulate the drug. Ugh. With 40 legislative days left, there is no law in place. I, I believe what you're, you raised as an issue is our use of the word overdose. On Monday, the Senate Finance Committee proposed several changes to an existing bill that proponents say would keep Alaska in line with the will of the voters. So the, the voters vote on something and then they're going to change it after the vote. Well, we've left it under controlled substances, first off, under at least the new CS that is out there, and then basically said whatever the voters said in the initiative is law. According to Alaska statutes, leaving marijuana as a controlled substance puts it in the same category as drugs such as oxycontin, oxycodone, and medicinal marijuana. And I thought we had a good product coming out of judiciary, really did. I think this is a step backwards. I think you're going to hear a lot of backlash on this uh, when they have some public testimony. East Anchorage Senator Bill Wilikowski says the rewrite of the law goes against the will of the voters. The initiative passed last fall stated that marijuana will be regulated like alcohol. The Finance Committee proposed three major changes, making it a felony to possess more than a pound of marijuana, a felony to possess more than 25 plants, and a felony if you sell marijuana to someone under the age of 21 twice within a two-year span. The goal is to implement the voter initiative as consistently as possible. The initiative uses... I love this. This is such a great excuse. The reason why the Finance Committee had to make it a controlled substance instead of regulating it like alcohol the way the voters vote Voted. The reason why that has to happen, the way, why the finance committee has to do it is, do you have a guess, Chase, though, the reason that could compel them? <laughs> do they have a budget shortfall? That would make at least some sort of sense. No, Chase, no? using the wrong language. As consistently as possible. The initiative uses language from Colorado that is inconsistent with Alaska state statute. They use different language in Alaska. So there are some minor changes in the law where we try to match our language. The people of Alaska have voted. But Senator Wilikowski says the committee is going in the opposite direction by criminalizing transport. He says the legislature is making the state vulnerable to lawsuits. 
This bill is really going backwards, in my opinion. Now debates on a new set of marijuana issues will likely take center stage as the legislature approaches its final month of session. Anyways, train wreck. Always is. You know, but the Unfiltered Show, Chase, we keep it honest right here. We keep watching them. Like hawks, you know, not you, war hawks. Though you know, it's not just us that keeps people honest. Oh, yeah? You know that there are people in our unfiltered Reddit That's community true. at unfiltered.reddit.com. They are doing a great job all throughout there, the week. You know, there are loads of you guys who submit stories that make it into the show, and thanks to you guys, you know that is one way you can contribute to this awesome community. Absolutely, unfiltered.reddit.com. We'd also love to have you join us live over jblive.tv. We do this show on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Starts at 6 p.m., usually Pacific. Live show usually starts about a half hour to an hour before that. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that converted to your local time zone. Now, Chris, if there's a platform, maybe something that condenses everything down to about 140 characters Mm. and they want to see what's going on with Jupiter Broadcasting, maybe things in your world, is there a place where you can point them to where they could maybe follow you? Yeah, I've tried signing up for this new service. Uh, I can only use it on my phone right now, but it's Twitter. Twitter.com slash Chris LAS. You should try it, Chase. You know what? I, I you know I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for an account and I'm gonna use the name at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, All where right. people can All follow right. me All right. and as I tweet out things. Uh, while you're on a roll, can I also suggest you try out this podcasting thing? You know what? I'm I'm gonna do it and I think I'll do it about Minecraft, <laughs> believe it or not, and maybe gaming and other uh, things like that are on my mind. While you're at it, why don't you do like a whole bunch of episodes? I'm gonna put it on a website and I'm gonna name that website Geek. Gamer.tv. And I could go watch these episodes? You could, and you can watch them live. We do a Minecraft show Sundays at 5 p.m. Wow. Yeah, it's so much fun, and huh. we build. Uh, you ever heard Geekgamer.tv? Geekgamer.tv. It's incredible hmm, stuff. You know, it's out. live on the interwebs or something check like that. that out. Uh, and it's not hosted at my house or anything. You know, I, I don't... I, push it to the cloud at a data center at a data center <laughs> patreon.com slash unfilter thank you to our supporters thank yes. you to our audience members who also just spread the word about the show we appreciate yes. that too so you know what you guys thank you so much for joining us this week we'll see but you right now, back here next week, week!